Welcome to The Unmistakable Marketer. Every week, we interview business leaders, marketers, and authors from around the world. Together, we try to unpack how we create marketing messages that attract attention and separate us from the competition. Our goal is to help you make your marketing unmistakable. In addition to this podcast, listeners get actionable advice on the latest insights in digital marketing from our free email newsletter, which can be found at tomorrow-people.com. That's tomorrow-people.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Unmistakable Marketer. My name is Nathan Anibaba. I'm the host of this episode. Uh, my guest this week is Paul Lang. Paul is um, head of global market segments and programs for Unify. Uh, Unify offer unified communication services to SMEs, upper mid-tier and large enterprise organizations. Hi, Paul. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Nathan. Good to be on today. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, Paul, can you tell us a little bit about Unify for those people that aren't familiar with the company? Sure. Uh, Unify are a 150-year-old startup uh, based on uh, its heritage within uh, Siemens, uh, other companies coming along the way. And as you described in your opening, we offer a range of unified communications and collaboration uh, services to uh, a broad market. Uh, focusing on product solutions and services to uh, encompass and uh, deploy those solutions. And most recently, in earlier this year, we became part of uh, the Atos Group, who are uh, approximately a 12 billion euro company worldwide. And we're a division uh, offering our services within that group. Right. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, Thank you for the introduction. The The premise of the show, Paul, is to speak to marketing decision makers about the increasing commoditization that we're seeing across all industries, really, um, because of, I guess, either advances, advances in, in technology, other startups being quite innovative, and I guess duplicating service offerings quite quickly. So on the surface, it may seem as though there's little differentiation between unifies um, products, for instance, and a competitor, um, unless a, a prospect goes through your sales a, a process. So I guess what we're talking about here is ultimately sort of differentiation um, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the face of a lot of content marketing messages that we're receiving, um, you know, and increased competition. So I guess the question I wanted to ask you uh, for the first question is, what marketing have you come across that you would consider as unmistakable? Sure, a, a great question. So the, I, I think the marketing I've come across as, unmis- uh, as unmistakable is persona-based marketing. Right. Uh, typically, you know, more in the uh, B2C uh, industry where uh, they're really targeting uh, the buyer, be it the executive buying the gadget, be it somebody in the home buying uh, you know, consumer goods, mm. where they're really honing in on fixing the problem of a particular persona or a particular uh, buyer. Right. So you're really, really starting to get into the uh, why they should love what they're buying or what they should fear from not buying it. Right. And so, so it tends to start to... Um, personalize and get an emotional uh, 
uh, bond between the seller or the vendor and, and the buyer so that the buyer uh, ends up uh, being convinced that they can't live without it because it solves uh, some gap in their life or some uh, fear they have of, of not having mm. the thing, whatever the thing is, the product or the service. Mm. And so it starts to really personalize uh, the, 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 the process. Mm. You know, if you're looking at uh, smartphones, you know, if you look at the, without mentioning brand, if you look at the two main protagonists on the market, um, when it comes down to it, to, to your point, they look very similar. Sure. Uh, and they offer a similar set of features and functions. But sure. um, whoever it is has, has factored in or focused upon what that device is going to do. And, and I think the B2B uh, market, which we're in, um, can really learn a lot um, from uh, a lot of lessons and a lot of tools and, tech, tools and techniques that's applied there that you can apply to uh, to B2B. That's interesting. So, so I guess what you're really uh, talking about there is is personalization, making the messages as relevant as possible to your audience. Um, and, you, and you've highlighted a, um, you know, an example there from the mobile phone um, industry. Um, could, you, could you just speak for a few minutes about what the marketing function at Unify are currently trying to achieve? What are you currently working on at the moment? Of course. So, so um, you mentioned in your intro that we're focused on uh, a range of market types. If you were to add uh, verticals to that, uh, which is one of my uh, primary roles, you kind of get the whole spectrum. And for those, um, we're really focused on you know, three sets of activities. So if you accept that marketing are there really to help revenue or to drive revenue. Mm -hmm. So, so we're, we're focused on three characteristics or three parts of that journey. Mm -hmm. So what you do at the beginning, you know, which um, you could uh, call top of the funnel. Right? So, so what are we doing in terms of awareness and, and how we can bring potential uh, customers into Unify? Um, then having earned the right with that top of the funnel activity, uh, we've pushed out to them based on their requests uh, a range of um, assets, pieces of information. Then how do we move them along um, that buyer's journey to earn the right to provide them a proposal? Sure. Uh, and then following that journey all the way through to hopefully um, upping uh, our, our close rate. Um, so, so, so very much that buyer's journey and, mm. and various activities and assets. Then we have kind of the surrounding activity to support that. So very heavily focused on um, the uh, uh, public relations. Sure. So, so getting out user stories into the marketplace of wins or deployments, um, complementing and supplementing that with influencing uh, the analysts in the market. Communication right. and collaboration has a whole raft of uh, analysts, both large and small. So you're, you're trying to influence them so that they represent you in, in the most positive 
uh, way possible. Um, but it's to be honest, to go back to basics, it's all about activities that are going to, uh, to use an American phrase, uh, increase the number of at-bats to right. get the salespeople in front of more people. Right. Giving them the right set of assets to take the prospect or the potential customer down that buyer's journey. And also going back to my opening remarks, which, which was around personalizing that, having different messages for different roles um, uh, across various uh, vertical and horizontal industries. But, but it's all about um, identifying the right people, matching, to, matching them to the correct assets and driving revenue. Great. I would imagine then that um, in a deal, in a quite a, a large enterprise deal, there'd be a number of decision makers involved in the buying process. So as you, as you mentioned earlier, taking someone through the buyer's journey from awareness, consideration, and decision, for instance, um, you know, would be, uh, there'd be a number of individuals involved in that that you'd need to target with different, um, you know, content or assets or, or, or marketing comms. Could you just give me an idea as to a, you know, how many people will typically be involved that you're trying to influence, and what is the typical sort of lead time, um, you know, for you know an enterprise, a large enterprise deal, for instance? So um, that they'd fall into three primary camps, um, and I'll mention uh, the roles within those camps. So there's the the financial camp. Um, you know, the top of that, the top of the tree there is going to be um, the chief financial officer. Sure. But there will be procurement managers, uh, director level people. Right. Who are going to look at the, you know, the financial aspects of the deal. Um, then there's going to be, you know, we, uh, our heritage is, and, and to some extent still is, dealing with the IT people or the telecoms people who are looking at the, uh, technical suitability you know does it comply with their standards can it integrate into whatever whatever um, other systems they have out there um, does it give them the feel of being uh, future proof right. uh, to the to the best it can be right. and then the third camp which is becoming more and more important um, is the business side and so uh, be it um, in financial trading, uh, be it the uh, the head trader, be it the uh, head of compliance, sure. Um, in healthcare, uh, be it um, a chief medical officer, uh, be it the chief nursing officer. A new position emerging there is the chief medical information officer. Mm. So, so a variety of of kind of three categories of buyer and decision maker. Mm. And having the assets to be able to uh, persuade and convince whatever combination uh, you come across uh, in of those three, you know, not to say there aren't others of those three major groupings. Sure. And and when they pop up, you know, the 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 journey can be instigated by any one of those three. Um, uh, probably less likely to be financed because I'm not sure that they, all, they ever want to spend the money. But uh, you know, it could be the, the business side, it could be the IT side who's instigating. But knowing that along that journey, you are going to come across uh, 
any number of these what I would call actors right. who are, are going to need to have their, uh, their desire um, and their um, needs uh, addressed, you know, be it uh, what their values are, uh, what their reputation is, mm. uh, what their attitude is, mm. uh, what they like, what they hate. Um, where they get their uh, information sources a and be able to accommodate those um, in the recipe for moving that bias journey to success. Sure. Well, I, I would imagine that the competitive environment for Unify would be pretty competitive for Unified comms. I'm not going to name any of any of the competitors, um, but... Um, you know, could you just give me an idea as to you know what the competitive environment looks like, and what are you guys doing to differentiate yourselves, assuming that the competitive environment is quite you know hot at the moment? It is. It is pretty hot, and and if you look at uh, the range of the competitors, which vary by uh, enterprise type. Sure. Um, uh, you know, everybody's out there. Everybody's got all of the same or most of the same core technology. So we're looking to really emphasize uh, our, our strengths. So, um, you know, as you always do with any typical uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats kind of analysis, mm. uh, there are some areas of what we believe we have in terms of differentiation. Mm. And these are about core capabilities rather than you know individual features because if you start getting into a, a feature comparison you've already lost sure so so it's more about focusing on core capabilities and then adding to that where those core capabilities can greatly improve uh, the, the infrastructure the solution the reach the stretch mm. um, and also combining that with these um, the the persona based um, uh, the, the persona based marketing to really um, ensure that um, we are really advocating uh, and it sounds very very basic but often I think marketers um, get so caught up in um, complicated solutions, complicated messages, mm. that, that they, they forget to go back to, um, they, they, they forget to go back to the basics of, of why people buy. Right. And, and they forget to go back, they forget to go back to themselves as a procurer of right. goods and services and why, and why we buy. Right. And because it's, it's at the end of the day, other than the, the really nice asset that attracts you in, it comes down to people selling to people. Yes. And it comes down to people really understanding the needs of the people they're selling to. Right. Um, where the people are going to say, well, actually, you get me. Uh, I understand what you're trying to say here. Mm. And then the technology and the solution uh, comes along and gets fitted into what they're, what they're needing or what they're desiring or what mm. they're fearing. Mm. Um, in order that our um, uh, solution has just solved a business problem. Mm. And it, it's, it's probably a statement or a phrase that's overused, 
but you need to be solving a problem. Yeah. Um, and I think people respond better to to those that get that get them or understand them and start solving those problems for them and then with them. Are you still there? Uh, yes, I am. Oh, sorry. I, th I thought you'd gone away for a moment there, but uh, but no. Thank you very much for that. I I, uh, I definitely agree. I'll, I'll be coming back to some of the advice that you could potentially be given to um, marketers at, at the end of the episode. I, I guess I wanted to get a better understanding of um, again what the competitive environment looks like from this unmistakable element, because you mentioned that there are a number of sort of competitors. You know, depending on the segment of the market that you're chasing. Are there any competitors that you would consider to have an unmistakable uh, position within the market that they've differentiated themselves in a quite sort of unique way? Um, you know, are there, is there anyone like that that you come up against? Well, rather than mentioning a name, because I don't want the podcast necessarily to be an advert for the competition, <laughs> I, think there's a, I think there's a category of competitor that, right. that's doing uh, more about that. And I think the category, uh, we have a slide in our standard um, who is unified deck. Uh, and it's kind of like a, if you imagine the slide in front of you where you've got uh, three types of competitor. Mm. So uh, type one, if, you, if you're going top to bottom, type one is our traditional competitors, uh, people who've been in the communications and collaboration space uh, with along with us, um, you know, for a number of a fair number of years, those have evolved uh, in terms of technology. They've evolved by um, uh, expansion. They've evolved by acquisition. So it's the guys who you'd expect to see on a day-to-day -day basis. So, so those guys are, I think, less differentiated. Hmm. But there, there are two other categories. There are people who are coming into the space in, say, the last five years. And they're having to uh, break into, the, into an industry and they're focusing on you know, not lists and lists of features, but they're focused on the fact that uh, it's easy to deploy. Mm. Uh, it's easy to adopt. Mm. Um, they, they could be using uh, cloud uh, type solutions. So, so they're differentiating on how easy it is or how flexible it is um, for the customers to adopt their technology and right. they can you know they can start off with a smaller deployment at little to no risk right because there's no huge investment. So and then the third category are people who are in peripheral industries, coming into uh, the communication and collaboration industry. Right. People who ha have a technology that you think, well, now, I mean, I, I'm, t I'm talking to you from my home office in Virginia. Mm. Um, I'm a, a, a virtual worker or I'm a new worker. Um, I'm uh, using my uh, computer with a headset to, and hopefully it's good enough, for, to, to use this webcast. And you see this type of technology mm. entering the fray, and it doesn't need, um, you know, I, I can sit here uh, talking to you in the UK, I'm in the, in the US, sure. we're using uh, the internet 
and with I could be taking this from my uh, my living room yeah. rather than my home office. Exactly. And it wouldn't matter other than maybe. So, so it, it's that new thing uh, that that is really unmistakable right. from the point of view. It offers both opportunity and, quite frankly, it offers a threat to, to take the industry in a new direction. Now, um, it's going to depend on the buyer as to, you know, whether uh, they uh, believe enough to have the flexibility, the technology flexibility versus the perceived security risk. Sure. But I think over uh, over time, it's this new way of working, new way of doing things. Uh, technology, uh, people adopting so people adopting the technology at the technology pace, which they're often loath to do. Mm. But I think the unmistakable approach is it's going to be easier, and it's just going to be like using the internet. And I think that's that that's new or newish, and I think uh, they're not constrained by. Traditional platforms, picture product, picture service. Yeah, and I think that that is going to come through more and more in, in the next few years. Right, I see. No, I, I definitely go along with that in saying that you know the pace of change has definitely sort of increased over the last few years, and you know with disruptive technology uh, pretty much affecting every um, industry. Um, I don't think any, any industry has been untouched by disruptive technologies in recent years. Um, so I, I would assume then that your buyer would look to an organisation like yourself, like Unify, to almost hold their hand and sort of take them through this journey of you know, what minefields to navigate and how to, you know, how to uh, adopt new technologies, how best to incorporate them into their working lives, etc. Is that something that you're seeing, uh, you know, communicated from your customers and prospects? Is that, is that a need that you, that they have and a requirement that you're f fulfilling? It, it, it is, but the, the, the thing I'd add to your, uh, your statement and then answer your question would be that you have to assume that they have done um, research sure. uh, way before you know you get involved. Sure, um, you, you certainly like to get involved earlier to influence. And I think our approach is one which is very much a uh, a fact finding mission you know, in the early stages of the buyer's journey. And it's more around, before we start offering advice, uh, which we are uh, set up to do, uh, we have uh, deep subject matter expertise across uh, different horizontal markets. Certainly we have uh, deep expertise in vertical markets. Mm. Uh, but but we, we want to find out, you know, what is, um, what is the the real driver behind why they're talking to us in the first place. If you assume that you know they've done their research, um, we've touched them with a message, of some a campaign of some description, we've shared an asset with them. But when you when you go in to meet them, you, you're still dealing with, with um, if it's a new customer, you know, brand new to Unify, or brand new prospect to Unify, I should yeah. say you're still dealing with a relative skeptic and you're still uh, trying to earn the right sure. to take to be with them on that journey after you've earned the right to take them on that journey uh, and you've 
they've understood you, you, what you do as a business, you are, you've really understood them more importantly. Mm. Then I think the guided uh, approach of the, uh, the hand-holding um, works. And we, we've done some research on different, um, different types uh, of, of, of customer. And we're starting to segment customers by uh, not just their job role, not just their company, not just their industry, but by the type of buyer um, that they are. And that work for us is in its very, very early stages. And we've done uh, quite a bit of work on, on surveying um, customers anonymously around the world and categorizing them. And should I get the opportunity to come back on a later pod podcast, I'm more than happy to uh, share that with you after we've digested and analyzed. But there are uh, buying traits that go across industries, but to categorize customers or prospects in a different way. Great. Stuff. And I think, I think, but, but, but in, in a real answer to your question, um, to really understand them first before you take them on that journey. Don't just take them on a journey that you think is the right journey, because I think often you're get, going to get a rude awakening mm. probably two-thirds of the way along, uh, along the journey, and uh, you're going to waste uh, their time, and therefore you're going to waste yours. Great. Well, well, we'll definitely be getting you back on another episode of the show because I think this this episode has been very enlightening. I've, I've learned a lot myself and I think it's been very valuable to our audience as well. So very, very much appreciate your thoughts and your comments. Um, that's the end of the show uh, for this week, unfortunately. But uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for... Uh, for coming on the show, Paul, do appreciate that. Um, please stay tuned for other episodes for from the Unmistakable Marketer. We'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, I'll see you all soon. Take care. Bye bye.